0: Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients Ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code UNFILTERED for 15% off.
2: I think this is a really big arguing point for parents because they get frustrated that their kids aren't in bed. Is there a way to put them to bed if you keep their schedule in bed at like 9.30, up at 7, will it just doesn't work because they're not tired. But if they wake up earlier, like, can you change that cycle or no? Hey guys, it is Monday and welcome to the CatNet Unfiltered Podcast. And this is a special podcast because Nat and I started the Common Parent way back when because when we had teenagers we felt way over our head and like no one was talking about it toddlers and the younger ones everyone had all the conversations and there was books so the common parent is a community that we created for members where they can go and listen to amazing experts now because we love our community so much we wanted to bring over some of the experts so you could hear little snippets of them we bring you one a monday If you're in the membership, you know that you get full access to them, and you have a whole bunch of library in there. So if you're new here, go check out thecommonparent.com. And if you're not, you're going to take a listen to some of the experts that join us. Um, Really, it is about taking tools for your toolbox, quick hits, because a lot of us don't have time for a lot of books, and all the experts are so amazing that learning something that's actionable that day is like, ah, the best. So uh, this Monday, we hope you enjoy our expert and just sit back. Uh, We know it can be overwhelming. We know it can feel like a lot, but with the experts and the community and us, we all can do this together. Take a listen um, to our next expert right after this break.
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash and Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash cat and Nat.
2: This is so interesting we're having this podcast because I want to tell you for the past two days, my teenager has woken up and been like, I am so tired. Really? Yes, yeah, like I just feel tired and I don't know why. Uh, I'm going to give you a little intro, but... You are Lisa Lewis. You're the author of "Sleep Deprived Teen: Why Our Teenagers Are So Tired and How Parents and Schools Can Help Them Thrive," described as a call to action by Ariana Huffington um, and an urgent and timely read by Daniel H. Pink. What this is this? So why interesting. now? Do you think? And has this always been a problem, or is this a new problem because of the world?
4: <laughs> that is a really good question. I think. Um, Teen biology is, is the same as it has been, but there are complicating factors that absolutely it feels like everything has ramped up certainly from the days when I was a teenager. And I'm not going to tell you how far, you know, how long ago yes. that was, um, But it does feel like, and we can talk about some of these things, things like overscheduling that contribute to teens not being able to get to bed on time, but also the ubiquity of technology, which, you know, we didn't have when I when I was growing up, and that absolutely can also affect sleep. Um, But the key thing, too, is that a lot of this um, knowledge about teen body clocks really wasn't known um, up until... Well, I was going to say up until recently, really, it's, it's been out there for the last couple of decades, but it really started to hit a critical mass really about eight years ago, I would say, because that's when, in the U.S., the American Academy of Pediatrics released its policy statement on school start times. That was 2014. And that really, I think, helped um, plant a stake in the ground that, that has kind of um, led to everything that has happened since. What did we learn? Well, so teens are not the same as little kids. And you know, as, as a mom, as a parent, you, you see this with your kids. They are jumping out of bed at six in the morning when they're little. I can remember my husband and I arguing about whose turn it was to have to get yes. up, at, you know, 6.30 with them on the weekends. And at that point, when they're little, you can never envision that it's going to change. And then of course, it does, you know, they hit uh, the teen years, they enter puberty, all of a sudden, you have these, you know, strange creatures living in your house, who are going through so much on their own, of course, you know, the massive development. But part of that is their sleep schedule shift. And all of a sudden, they're not jumping out of bed at 630 in the morning, you know, you're having to like, you know, go in there and, and do your best to get them up. And that's because because, um, their sleep schedules, their circadian rhythms do shift to a later schedule. And that um, happens roughly around the onset of puberty. And so they're not feeling sleepy as early as they used to. So, so it's really closer to about 11 o'clock that they're feeling sleepy. And then um, they are not, well, it, it has to do with melatonin, which is the hormone that primes us to feel sleepy. So that begins to be released later in the evening, it doesn't subside until later in the morning. So they're not really able to get up as early as 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 they used to either. So, um, and then on top of all that, they should still be getting eight to 10 hours of sleep. And so when you look at the, you know, at at the math, if they're not sleepy till 11 o'clock, and then of course, some of them aren't going to bed that early. um, And then the fact that in so many cases, they have to get up too early for school, we wind up with sleep deprived teens, which is no fun for anybody. My The school
0: that my daughter goes to, um, the principals and the people that run the school, uh, I guess, listened to this, heard this, and the school only starts like right at puberty, grade 7, or whenever that happens, and it goes to uh, 12th grade. And so their school starts at 10 o'clock, and they go um, until 4 o'clock, which is, in our house, for her, it's such a blessing, because she doesn't, like, that's when she naturally has time to sort of get up, and it just feels so right, whereas everyone else in our house, it's like, we there's other teenagers and they're it's, it's such a rush and it's just so it's so exhausting
4: every morning. Oh my goodness, 10 o'clock, that sounds heavenly. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing, in the in the US, we've had schools starting so much earlier than that, ridiculously early, 7 a.m. Yeah, so first period mandatory attendance. And yet the official recommendations for middle and high schools are 8:30 or later. So 10 o'clock obviously is ideal. I can't think of any teen who wouldn't, you know, welcome the chance to be able to go to school at 10 versus 7 just based on their own
2: body rhythms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lisa, okay, so I think this is a really big arguing point for parents because they get frustrated that their kids aren't in bed. Is there a way to put them to bed if you keep their schedule in bed at like 9.30, up at 7, will, it just doesn't work because they're not tired, but if they wake up earlier, like, can you change that cycle or no?
4: That's a good question. Um, You can have an effect on it, absolutely, but you are up against biology. Um, you know, the wow. same thing like you, when little kids, you, they can stay up late. It, it's not pretty <laughs> if you have a, you know, four-year-old staying up until midnight, but, um, with teens, yes, they are forced often to get up too early. Um, and that's the piece where we typically have less control over it because it's usually governed by school start times so of what time they have to get up in the morning. We do have a little bit more, um, influence over what goes on in the evenings, up to a point, because even, even when they're having to get up so early, it doesn't mean that they're naturally now going to be sleepy at say nine o'clock, which is what they would need in order to get, you know, they to 10 hours. Right. of sleep. So it is tricky. Um, but there are absolutely things that parents can do in terms of encouraging them to get to bed at, you know, quote unquote, a reasonable hour, because we know so many kids are staying up much later than 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Some of that has to do with when our kids are overscheduled. I mean, that's a huge piece of it. In fact, one of the recommendations is to just take a look at everything your your teen has on their plate, because it's not just the hours in school, it's the hours of homework. And of course, if they're taking advanced or honors level classes, you know, that can be substantial. And then it's everything else that they're doing, you know, all the extracurricular sports, and maybe it's club sports and band and speech and debate and drama and what have you, and maybe a job. And you just kind of chart all that out and see if you've even left a window of eight to 10 hours in the schedule, because Mm -hmm. if not, they don't even have the opportunity to be able to get enough sleep. And so you might want to reevaluate. Another terrific bit of advice is to encourage them to develop a wind down routine And this is similar to what we did when they were little, where we had Mm -hmm. to be the ones going in, you know, you probably remember that with the story time and the snuggles and this whole thing. And and it's, it's not that this is something that they do on their own, but it that that core principle of having that transition time, you know, now we're shifting from our daytime go, go, go into a frame of mind that's going to, you know, help ease us into sleep. And that's really powerful. And it's powerful for us as adults, too. I have to say, having done all the research for my book and talked to the experts about this, it's something I'm now much more mindful about, too, as an adult, because none of us can just flip our brains off, you know, and just go hard up until the end and then expect that, boom, you can just fall asleep. So having a wind down routine for us. Like what, Lisa?
2: I'm a parent and I'm like, what is a wind down routine for a teenager? And they're going to be like, great idea, mom. I'm going to wind down.
4: Uh, no, that is a good point. So ideally, it's not being on tech, which is not always going to be a, a popular, um, you know, a popular decision in the household. One of the best things is to sort of have these best practices in place all along. If you don't, though, you do want to make it a conversation with your team. Um, and, and, you know, so that you're entering into an ongoing dialogue with them and getting their buy-in. Um, best practice is no tech one hour before bedtime, So that's the official recommendation to the American Academy of Pediatrics. So ideally, it's things that aren't tech. Maybe, you know, it's taking a warm bath. Maybe it's reading a book. It could even be listening to a podcast, which, yes, it's tech, but you're not looking at it. You're not as engaged.
2: Is TV tech? I was going to ask that.
4: Well, so, yes, it is. A couple of things I would say. Um, There are a few different elements of why tech impacts sleep. One of them is the blue light. And that's, that's something we've, we've heard a lot about um, when you're looking at a device that's this close to you, obviously there's a lot more, um, you know, chance for the blue light to be affecting you and blue light is, is something that, that is in, and has an alerting function. So it makes us more alerts great in the morning, not so great in the evening a television across the room. You're not going to have quite as much. Um, but There's that blue light piece, but there's also the fact that tech is so engaging. So if you get really drawn into your favorite show, that's, you know, that can be even more of an issue. Um, And in fact, it was super interesting when I talked to the experts about tech, blue light, yes, that's a factor, but it was the fact that tech is stimulating and engaging that they cited over and over as one of the things that cuts into sleep. And then the fact that if you're just on it too long, you are cutting into your sleep time. So tv you have you do have That's, those caveat and, and then
0: that and then there's the part is if they're on tech and they're actually communicating with other people they're 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 also dealing with their emotions and the drama and all that before they go to bed what is the hot ha- what's what what do we see um in their daily lives uh the harm in not getting enough sleep what what, what does
4: that look like good question um well so interestingly enough um Yes, when you're on your tech, it it is absolutely engaging, it's stimulating, it it can, you know, make it harder for you to wind down. But the other thing then is if you haven't gotten enough sleep, it also then affects your emotional resiliency the next Mm -hmm. day. So same thing when you're dealing with, you know, interacting with friends and just dealing with the stressors of your day. But basically, the way I, I think about it is nobody does anything any better when they're sleep deprived. You know, I mean, people sort of try and and talk themselves into it of, oh, we're being more productive, but you're really not. And so for teens, um, absolutely, it makes it harder just in terms of the interactions, um, because we're all more reactive and impulsive when we haven't gotten a good night's sleep. It can exacerbate mental health issues. So everything from anxiety, depression, suicidality, Um, it has implications for our athletes, because Sleep is a competitive advantage. You perform better. It's a protective factor against injuries. Um, it can make them more dangerous drivers out there on the road um, right. and school performance too. It, it, it affects, so really it has these ramifications
3: across the board.
2: Lisa, I have to ask you this because we have an ongoing fight in our house. My daughter says, like, if, there, if there's two evil, if there's a the lesser of two evils, is it phones in their room or TV in their room? Because I think <laughs> that, Olivia watch the TV. I just think that when I hear about when I hear about that I, I think parents that I think we need to define tech because there's so much they have their school computers in their room, they have their phones in their room, is doing homework in your bed until eleven o'clock. Like what are the what are the things that are the lesser of the evils? Can they do their homework downstairs? Like what are those recommendations that we obviously can't get rid of all of it. But I do say I'd rather my daughter watching something far than this all night. This reminds me of when Oprah said, don't get a TV in your bedroom. Use your bedroom for sleeping and S-E-X.
4: Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. And, and you know, that that's still true. You know, it really, you do want to think, particularly for our teens, just for their sleep is what we yes, want. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. And tech is a huge issue I you know I have a whole chapter about it in my book because it is complicated it is complex it is interwoven into our lives. Um, So you bring up some really good points I, you know, ideally, you don't want either in their rooms at night, yes, ideally, you don't want a television in the bedrooms period. And you do want your tech devices charged somewhere else overnight, like the kitchen. And then that's something where you can do it as a family. So it's not just that the teens have to put their phones in the kitchen that, you know, the adults are doing so too. Um, At a minimum, if phones are in the bedroom, it's turning off all of the notifications. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been studies where they show and I yeah, I don't have the, the numbers here, but it was just eye popping, the number of people who get back on their phones in the middle of the night when they wake up, you know, and just, you know, obviously that's sabotaging your your chance to get a good night's sleep. So if they're going to be in there, you don't want them dinging and chirping and all that. Yeah. Um, you're right, though, tech is also part of how they have to do homework now. I mean, nobody's turning in handwritten book reports anymore. So they do have to be online to do their homework. Um, this is actually something that was fascinating. I mean, it made sense when I thought about it, but when you have an assignment that has to be turned in online and it has a, you know, a, a due date and time, well, often that default time that gets put in the system when you know the teacher enters the date is 11:59 p.m. Yeah. So then that sort of tacitly encourages them to wait and do it later. So that's where we as parents can sort of encourage them not to leave things to the last minute. Um, And yet tech also has a really valid function in our teens' lives. I mean, just to recognize it is part of how they stay connected to their friends. It's the same way I used to talk on the telephone for hours. I mean, you know, these things are real and, and they do have a place, but when it starts getting up too close to bedtime and you start cutting into that sleep time or you do start getting riled up because you're embroiled in some emotional drama on your phone, that is where it does start to be more problematic.
2: I mean, I know that was a short snippet, like, you know, not long, but I do want to let you know the value of listening to experts, where we curate the experience for you because topics can feel so overwhelming. And when you get a mom's perspective that we're all concerned about, You know, often experts deep dive into like one topic and we're like, but wait a minute, what can we do right now and how can we fix this? And can you help us? And that's really what about the the Common Parents about is normalizing it and giving you guys quick information. And if you are not someone who can listen to audio all the time, but I think you are because you're listening to this. We email you, we give you quick um, roundups and always things that are cutting edge. And we just really appreciate all of you being here. I hope you learned something today and we hope you have a wonderful day or night, wherever you may be.